Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Crowd Corner as we recap the midweek action and get you ready for the weekend and uh, continued stretch run for Charlotte FC. Unfortunately, a uh, an all-too-common movie for Charlotte FC fans played on repeat on Wednesday. A late concession with a penalty from Breck Deahare and uh, what was a 2-0 lead for Charlotte FC evaporates in the final half hour of the game and Charlotte FC takes a very disappointing draw uh, on Wednesday evening, and uh, just from our perspective, I know that you know we see every game and, and we see it through the eyes of the fan. Uh, I don't like to grade disappointments because that leads to gallows humor, et cetera, and so on. But uh, I feel like Wednesday was incredibly hard to take for a lot of people in the fan base, and I also feel like the same could be said for the players because I think you definitely saw uh, the players from their mindset really take this one very difficult, uh, especially after uh, having the lead for so much of the game. It was completely deflating for the fans, for us as analysts, for the players. You saw it in the aftermath of the final whistle and the way that so many players just crumbled. You feel really bad for Brett Diahade. I know we mentioned that he gave up the penalty. Crazy decision to go to ground, but I think it was a desperation from a player that maybe tried so hard to have an impact off of the bench that then that came around to bite him on the bottom, almost trying so hard to make a recovery that it ended up being costly. But I, I was asked on Queen City News about, you know, how how do you stop fingers pointing and things like that? Well, at the end of the day, individuals are going to make errors. How often have we said that we've had individual errors in mm. our team? It should always get to the position where referees can't impact the game, where one individual error doesn't impact the game. We had opportunities, like we say all too often, to put the game to bed. I look back to the Derek Jones opportunity, Patrick Argyman had an opportunity, and we just haven't been able to combine a performance on our forward line with our defensive line. And that's why it feels right now like it's death by draws. I know it's not quite over yet and 100%. I still believe this team can make playoffs if they're able to turn things around. But this drawing spree, which is a positive to the extent of being difficult to beat, isn't going to make you have playoffs. You have to have a winning touch, and that's the reason why it's three points for a win and not for a draw, because you want to be encouraged to be victorious in matches. I also think there's, you know, we can go like micro and then bring it out to the rest of the team. How, how do you handle Diahare? I mean, do you do you put him back in the starting lineup? I know that Wednesday they didn't use him because of uh, potential for maybe a re-aggravation of the hamstring that he has been working his way back into the lineup with. I mean, uh, I feel like if you see him in the starting lineup on Saturday and you're a Charlotte FC fan, many would look at that and say, uh, how, how can you reward that type of performance? But the other side of it is that, you know, when he's been given a full match to have an impact, He's probably been their most impactful winger, so it's a difficult balance Christian Latancio's got to make in terms of of how he uh, decides what's going to happen. And also you add in the fact that he said that it looks like uh, Ben Bender is not going to be able to play, uh, maybe not make the trip, especially because of uh, the fact that they need some more imaging on him. That's what he said uh, in his press conference earlier Friday. So it leads to a difficult decision, I'm sure, for the head coach to have to make. 
It does. If I'm Brett Diarrhead, I am begging and begging for an opportunity to get back on the pitch as soon as possible, though. He's an experienced professional. I'm sure he's had days in his career before this one that he'll want to forget. And that's the only way I can describe his impact on the match, you know, uh, midweek. It was one that he will want to forget and get out of his system ASAP. And the best way to do that is by getting minutes and to prove fans how good he can be. And I think that this was a very small sample size of a mistake. And we have to remember the good that we've seen from Brett Diarre with Ben Bender. You know, we, we both said it in the booth the minute we saw it happen, the pulling up, the awkward movement of the knee, you were worried about it. And it is a concern. We don't want to speculate, of course. But whenever you hear needs more imaging, that makes it feel like it's not conclusive that it's not something a little bit more serious. So that's a real big blow uh, for Ben Bender, who I know is a, a fan favourite and has been a player that has wanted to be able to find consistency this year and is yet to be able to do so somewhat due to injury. What do you think of the guy on the other side, uh, Maram? Uh, he's somebody who got what uh, you called it very aptly a, a poacher's goal uh, in the opening of the scoring on Wednesday night. And uh, somebody who I feel like you and I wanted more from at halftime. And, and maybe, you know, it's something with Maram. I say this with the, the – and we say this a lot of times in different sports. You know, sometimes a guy can be moving so, you know, gracefully that it doesn't look like it's going that fast. And I think there are times where you see Merriman, you wonder, you know, is his pace the same? But I almost feel like uh, he's just so easy with the way his stride goes. Sometimes it's almost deceiving the way that he's uh, – going through the attack in, in terms of those things. And, you know, he gets into dangerous areas. He makes back post runs. He made a run that, like you said, was one that we were very much searching for last year. And uh, maybe last year that particular player is not in that position to uh, get that goal for Charlotte FC. But he definitely brings veteran experience and uh, could be very important to impact, especially with a very tough road test this weekend. I was pleasantly surprised with Justin Merriman, if I'm completely honest with you, Will, because I think we've seen ups and downs of Justin Merriman since he's arrived with Charlotte FC. We've seen incredible moments like Atlanta United, and then he drifted out uh, of performance. But we always know that he's going to give 110%. If there's one thing you can't question about Justin Merriman, it's his work rate and his desire. And I think you saw that in his celebration, that sort of frustration, the couple of PG-13 words that may have been uh, expressed as well, now that I've seen the close-up of his celebration. But... He's a workhorse. He's going to work hard. I do think at times both of our wingers could move the ball a little bit quicker. I was getting frustrated, like I said, on the broadcast with Ben Bender and Justin Merriman holding on to the ball a little bit too much, particularly when we had the dynamic runs of Enzo Capetti ahead. Moving the ball a little quicker would have been more fruitful, I think. But as a whole, I thought Justin Merriman did well and he also offered... Um, confidence on his defensive duties which as we know in this system is really important for the wingers to get back and that was another area we lacked with the goal we conceded if you freeze frame it you know right before they get the look uh, for the union Diahade wasn't able to track back and I think that he was a little maybe unprepared for his substitution and the role he was going to need to play on the defensive side of the ball I thought Justin Maram did a good job of that. Yeah, very much so, and uh, it also leads me to talking about, you mentioned Enzo. I think we probably saw some of the best interplay between Enzo Capetti and Carol Svidersky, at least in this phase of the season. I know that we saw early their uh, their chemistry, especially during the preseason, uh, very much on display, but it's been a rarity to see it 
on the pitch together, especially lately. And uh, they, they played about as close to each other as you possibly could. And, you know, just going back and forth with the ball, I, I feel like created a lot of danger for the opposition, although it didn't necessarily lead to the, the goal creation uh, a lot of the time. I do feel like it's something that is now burgeoning if, if Charlotte FC can get this thing to last here in the next six games. Yeah, it felt like their relationship was a lot better in this matchup. They were playing closer together, like you said, Will, which was important for them to be able to link up with each other. For a player like Enzo Capetti that's good in the air, would like to see when we play those long balls, having Kara Sudersky close enough that he can find those little flicks on to get the ball into our dangerous players. They didn't technically record an assist, but when you look at the build-up play for that Justin Maram goal, it's the interchange, the quick passing between Karol Swiderski and Enzo Capetti that breaks down that Philadelphia Union back line and invites Justin Maram the opportunity to pounce on that loose ball. So it was encouraging signs. Obviously, we'd like our designated players to be able to score, and I do think at times there needs to be more of a willingness for both of them to take that strike. You just wonder if maybe they're not in that headspace of wanting to take a risk, but we've all seen the social media, all fans want is someone to pull the trigger and to take a strike. And hopefully we're able to create more opportunities against FC Cincinnati this weekend. And those opportunities, as you mentioned, just come against a squad with a lot of high class. They are the supporter shield leaders in Major League Soccer right now on 59 points. Uh, they are on the fast track to getting themselves a supporter shield title, although Charlotte FC saw a potential supporter shield contender a year ago with Philadelphia, beat them in their building. This would have to come on the road. A man uh, like Lucho Acosta, who's threatening at the MLS MVP vote, Alvaro Barrial, who's playing left back about as well as anybody right now, and even a guy like Brandon Vasquez, who didn't quite have uh, the sophomore season or hasn't had the sophomore season like he's had uh, in his first year with Cincinnati is definitely a dangerous player up front. Uh, they've got a lot of weapons, including a brand new designated player that they signed from Gabon. Uh, there's a really nothing else to be said other than the fact that, you know, Charlotte FC has its most important match and it comes against the best team. And uh, if anything, Charlotte FC has played up to this type of competition during its history. Uh, there's only a question about whether or not they can get all three away from home and probably their toughest road test with most on the line. Yeah, we know how good FC Cincinnati are in their building as well. I think it's four losses on the entire season. So they're a high quality opponent. But that being said, I think you're kind of briefing on it. Charlotte FC's played some of their best soccer against the hardest teams. Have they been able to pick up wins? Not all the time, but it feels like they raise their level when they're playing against the fiercest opponents. FC Cincinnati's in a little bit of a divot, I would say, with their performances. They're not kind of that all-dominant side that maybe we saw earlier on in the Supporters' Shield race. So it feels like a good time to play Cincinnati, particularly with Matt Miazga out of the starting lineup, which means a defensive shift. But at the end of the day, if you want to make it into the playoffs and you want to make it a run in the playoffs, you're going to have to play the best teams in the league to do that. So it's a great test for Charlotte FC. And honestly, it's one of those where I'm a big believer in if you deserve to be there, you'll find a way to get there. And this team needs to prove against the best side in the league right now, statistically, that they deserve a chance to be in the playoff push. And the only way we're going to do that is with three points, Willie P. Yeah, the weirdest thing, Jess, is that, you know, the way that the bracket sets up if Charlotte FC is able to sneak in the back door of the postseason get themselves a win in the uh, in the play-in contest this would be the first round matchup for Charlotte FC if they are in that uh, what would be the eighth seed of the MLS playoffs so uh, you could say that Saturday night is even a playoff preview I'm sure that's something that Christian Latanzio is working towards talking about in his team talk on Saturday 
Yeah, it's a foreshadowing, right? It's a foreshadowing of the competition that you're likely to have to face if you are able to make that deep push. Also, looking around at that wild card spot, most likely you might have to get through into Miami based on their form at the moment as well if you do end up in that wild card match. So it's going to be a fierce competition regardless, but we can't look ahead right now. We absolutely mm -hmm. know that. We need to make sure we're focusing one game at a time and it's going to be about picking up three points and... Like I say, I think it's a great way to boost your players' motivation that you're playing against a team that, you know, is potentially going to be that supporter shield winner. If you can beat the best and knock them off their post, what a great way to build momentum and belief coming into the match. You know, Wednesday marked the third time Charlotte FC had unfortunately conceded a two-goal lead to uh, lose or at least uh, have the change in the match coming up here and three times this season. Cincinnati was the other uh, as well. It took place at home, also New York Red Bulls, uh, earlier on the 21st of June. So an unfortunate foreshadowing. We'll see if Charlotte FC can kind of rid that past form and get themselves going uh, on the road at TQL Stadium, where, Charlotte, where Cincinnati's lost just once uh, during this season, four times, as just mentioned, overall. We're on the air at 7 o'clock on Saturday for that contest. 7.30 kick time on the Charlotte FC Radio Network. Uh, sync us up on the WFNZ app as well. It uh, syncs pretty quickly and syncs pretty uh, accurately to what you would see on Apple TV. So uh, turn the sound down, turn us up, and hopefully Charlotte FC can get all three points in Cincy and get this uh, sour taste out of our mouths. Jess, safe ride. No, it's a quick turnaround, but uh, hopefully we're having good thoughts and good vibes on Saturday. Yeah, as long as it's three points, I don't care how often I'm driving to Charlotte. Have a good one, Will. That is Jessica Charman. I'm Will Pelagic, and thank you so much for listening to Crown Corner here on the Charlotte FC Radio Network.